Welcome to the Radically Embodied Love Podcast. Get ready to enter the portal of your cosmic heart so you feel bliss, joy, and union within. With each episode, you will learn practical ways to embody love in your life so it is felt and experienced. Co-hosted by Nasreen Barbeck and Jessica Falcon. Hello, hello, this is Nas and Jessica. This is our episode five, Radically Embodying Love. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Jessica, if it's all right with you, before we start diving into our topic today, which is how to develop a relationship with ourselves, I would like to acknowledge that as we're recording this episode, people in Iran are fighting for their freedom, and I want to acknowledge that. I grew up in Iran until age of 18. I witnessed and experienced the brutal regime. I was only 12 years old when they stormed our house and took my brother who was 21 and my sister who was 18. And um, I never got to see my brother ever. And my sister became a uh, prisoner for five years and she was only 18. So I, my heart is with people of Iran. This movement started uh, with Mahsa Amini being killed just for not wearing his hijab right, the way they define it. And it has started with the movement of women wanting their freedom. And now it's just everybody, especially younger generation. Um, and my heart is with them. And uh, woman issue is human right issue. And um, I am at awe of their courage really i'm just so inspired by them and uh, just want to mention this because we are i am in it um, and i'm really hopeful that this would change something fundamental which i know it will it has to uh, even though the regime might be there but the society will not stay the same so having mm -hmm. said that let's talk about our topic for today how do we have a relationship with ourselves i personally struggle with this for a long time because i grew up in a big family and the way i participated and added value to my family was not to feel was not to have needs um, and just be invisible. So, because there was so much going on, my mom was overwhelmed with 10 kids and all the things that were happening. And I took that with me. And to the point that I always felt people are needy because they were just expressing what they needed because I was just not so used to doing that. So, uh, and 
what I do believe is that I don't exist without relationships, right? And then everything is about relationships, but it all starts with the relationship within myself. I cannot offer anybody anything that I cannot give myself. And that is a deep relationship and a deep connection with myself. The way I started was first of all, becoming aware of my feelings and naming it because it was foreign to me. How do I feel really? Can I put a name on it? Can I sit with it, right? And then how does it feel in my body when I feel that? And trying to acknowledge it at least because the way I was used to dealing with it was very much ignoring it, denying myself of feeling certain things. And when I was learning how to really get to know myself, what do I want? What do I need? It started with me with trying to actually feel things and allowing myself to feel it name it and later on I learned self-compassion and by that I mean when I'm mindful of how I feel can I have love and compassion for myself even if that feeling is something that I consider not to be a good feeling is envy, is a jealousy, something that I don't like to have, basically, right? Can I still love and accept myself and allow myself to feel that mm-hmm. and be okay with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the realization that I, if I don't accept myself the way I am, and nobody says tomorrow I will not be different. <laughs> Hopefully I will be. <laughs> it's still work in progress right so I don't know how I will feel 10 days from now but what I do know when I accept whatever arises within me it gives me a compassion to accept that in others as well it's very true there's so many so many things I'd love to to comment on that you shared and I'll start with um just following up on that comment about the, you know, who knows what will be tomorrow. I find that the more I develop a relationship with myself, the more there is to discover that it's actually, we are so vast and so complex. And there's this constant level of deepening and deepening and deepening into ourselves that is possible when we begin just like a, an external relationship, you know, it's, you can just get to know somebody on their surface level and then you get to know each other deeper and deeper and deeper and more and more intimately. And it's very similar with yourself, except I'll add that with yourself, um, I'm finding more and more that I can deepen into even more of my power on many, many levels the more I go into and create a relationship with who I am, which is way beyond this world. And it's kind of astounding what I keep moving into and discovering. Um, 
I, sometimes it blows my mind. <laughs> um, and so it's a very exciting journey. And often the unfortunate part is that we often discover this relationship with ourselves when we're seeking help because of trauma or problems or difficulties in our life, rather than kind of choosing in this culture to, hey, I want a relationship with myself because I'm worthy of this. And and I want to know myself and I want to discover myself and I want to know my power and my freedom and my choice because as you mentioned at the very beginning, you know, globally, it's it's very intensified publicly right now in Iran, but globally we have all been kind of under this global spell for thousands of years of external control and that somehow we are all subject to these external forms of control and authority rather than being taught that we are our own authority and we are sovereign and we are divine and we are free. And, and, you know, what you said and shared just, Oh, my heart, you know, just, um, it's horrifying to witness the injustice and it's sometimes even more horrifying to feel like, there's nothing we can do, you know, on, on a physical level. And I can only imagine what that brings up for you. Having grown up in the country, there's a deeper connection with your own experience being portrayed on the global media. And um, I just really want to acknowledge that before we go any further, because as you said, you know, the feelings that that could bring up, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, you know, the feeling state, when we start to connect with that, it is, I think, one of the primary ways to start connecting with ourselves because, again, we're taught to live head up. We're taught to be these disembodied, disconnected beings and to see the world based on what we're told to believe and we're told to think and we're told to feel or not feel really we're told just not to feel at all not to have our own experience not to know ourselves and and then what what happens is then we're kind of living this up and out state looking at everything around us and never looking within and so when we start to notice the feelings which usually requires being connected to the body <laughs> which we can start to get into through things like meditation, through things like yoga, meditation that brings you into your body, not necessarily head meditation, though that can certainly help us witness what we're experiencing, but embodied meditations or doing yoga or I think uh, ultra runners and, and, you know, cycling and other ways, walking and hiking, things where you're in silence, things where you start to connect to your body, things where you allow what's inside of you to rise up into consciousness that allows us to start feeling. And when we notice the feeling, that's when we're connecting to our own inner experience rather than just the external world. And that is a primary way we begin to relate with ourselves. Ideally with that compassion you talked about, ideally with that love and create the self-awareness of, oh, this is something I'm experiencing, this feeling. Oh, and instead of just 
pushing it down or labeling it bad or wrong or in the way or unnecessary or a burden. I think you even referred to that like a growing up, you weren't allowed to feel because it was kind of a burden for everybody else. And so we take these on subconsciously and we tell ourselves the same things until we start to notice and go, wait, that doesn't have to be something that's just a burden. That gets to be something I get to sit with. I get to feel, I get to be with, because guess what? My feelings matter. Why? Because I matter. Why? Because I'm worthy of, of feeling and having my own experience and being my own person. And, and so, Oh, there's so much I could say about that. But just to tie in what you were saying, that capacity to begin feeling and witnessing and allowing ourselves the time and space to be with those feelings is a key piece to developing that relationship with ourselves. And we do it through the body. We do it with the body. I like to encourage my clients to do it with sound, <laughs> emoting with sound while observing themselves you know, in the midst of this incredibly intense feeling or experience, observing it, letting it move, letting it express itself, journaling about it, dancing it out. Sometimes, you know, I just need to walk and I can move a lot of anger through me as I'm acknowledging it if it's coming up. And the body moves that energy really quickly when we allow it to move. And um, I think when we have recurring feelings, another really valuable way to develop a relationship with ourselves is to start investigating and being really curious about what those recurring feelings are. Recurring being they come up regularly. They're not just like a one time, you know, but yeah. I'm always angry when X. I'm always sad when X. Oh, maybe I need to look at why I'm always feeling this and then take pen to paper or sit somewhere out in nature and reflect on hmm, okay, what's underneath this? What am I feeling and why? What's really coming up? Am I afraid of something? Am I, am I needing to make choices about something? Do I need to make a decision? And get to know your feelings because they are a compass to your soul, to what your soul desires for you, to what your soul needs and wants of you. They're a, a compass to your own experience and choices you can make. And giving ourselves that time to be and explore and get curious is necessary for self-mastery and it's necessary to know ourselves. Yeah, you know, something you said, uh, Jessica, earlier on that about external control, right? And I wonder how much of that we have learned to that now we do internally, right? we control, try to control our feeling. We were told and controlled by what feeling are good or not good and how we should feel, right? And what feeling we have that is not right feeling. And now we're doing it to ourselves in a way unknowingly. Now that external control has become internal control. Mm -hmm. And then freedom from that control is allowing us to be who we truly are and allowing ourselves to be in and sit and and everything that you said are the practices that help us to do that 
right? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned examining our feeling, which I think the question of how do I feel and if this feeling is a familiar feeling opens up the Pandora box sometimes, right? And it's good to go deep and investigate. If it is a familiar feeling, what is underneath of that? What is the root cause of that? If we can think about, is there something that triggers us to get to that state of being and what that is, can help us get deeper because when we, as you mentioned, sit down with that question, maybe journal, Um, just go outside as you walk and you get into that feeling, is that familiar feeling? Sometimes there's a habit of being certain way, even we want to question. Even though we can logically say that's not a good feeling, but since it's a habit, it's home to us. We still want to be in it. We have created this illusory, like safety with that feeling without knowing, right? Because it's familiar. But turn to the things that are familiar because there's still a safety by definition in that. We know how to be with that. We know like the expectation of that state of being, right? Because we've been there many times. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but if we just be with it and investigate it a little bit without even sometimes wanting to change it, but trying to understand like, why am I constantly feeling this way or often? And what is that underneath of that? What is it? Because the, I what I found there is a root cause usually that is um, we can go back and say, oh, you know, this is the feeling that I have brought up from childhood and continue with me as adult, I'm still with me, right? And, um, but, you know, just by being curious, I think. Yeah, and I think the other thing that happens is not only this, oh, this is familiar, but sometimes feelings get really familiar because a, we can really identify and attach to them, mm-hmm. but also they can be familiar because we're not willing to get to what's underneath it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for example, well, it's just, this is just the way it is, right? That kind of like, well, this is just the way it is. So that feeling is always going to be there, which <laughs> is never true. <laughs> and, and instead kind of going, oh, so I'm feeling this way. And perhaps when you explore it, it might be, well, it's because I actually don't want to know what this is really telling me, or I'm afraid to make the change this is asking of me, or this is just too overwhelming. And so I'm not going to go there, which is usually what happens because we're not taught emotional intelligence. We're not taught how to process and be and take radical responsibility for our own internal state. And so it can be really overwhelming at the beginning of developing a relationship with yourself and your inner world of all of these things start coming up and to learn whether it's through having a support system or a really powerful journal that you go to regularly or coach or whatever it is to support you to go into, Oh, 
I am not this, but let me also explore it and get underneath and get underneath and get underneath because that, as you said, gets to the root cause, which brings choice, which brings freedom. Mm -hmm. Because if we are completely unconscious to our feeling state, which is how we have been programmed and conditioned to be literally for thousands of years, if we're completely unconscious to our emotional state, our inner world, we are living according to all the external demands, all the external expectations, all the external rules, all the external ways we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to act, what we're supposed to think, what we're supposed to feel, as you alluded to. We're supposed to feel this, we're not supposed to feel that. Well, the reality is that we're allowed to feel that and we're allowed to have our own experience. And when we start going into that world, we get to choose differently. We get to say, you know, I know that you expect me to do this because it fulfills your own needs and or it's a way for you to have power over me, but I'm not choosing that anymore. I'm not going to give you my power. I'm not going to act that way. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to take my power back. I'm going to choose for me. I'm going to act differently. That gives us the capacity to be free, not only in the freedom to feel, but the freedom to live our life based on our own truth, not the truth that's fed to us, not the truth expected of us. But as we go into our inner world and our feelings, we start to hear our inner voice. We start to hear and connect to our intuition. And that can only come when we're sitting in silence with ourselves. And so in addition to you know moving through feelings, I don't think it's possible to develop a relationship with yourself without spending time with yourself in silence, not with the TV, not with a guided meditation, even not with, you know, <laughs> a music on just complete silence with yourself. And for me, it's not even just meditating up here with the third eye, you know, but in the body connecting to the sacred vessel of holy wisdom that literally scientifically connects us to every other atom in the universe. And so when we're able to go in, in silence and connect to the body and just listen, no expectation, no, I need to hear this. Just listen, just be, just feel yourself. It's like going to a friend and just listening to them. You actually connect instead of going to your friend and just talking the whole time. Well, they just heard you. You haven't heard them. To have a relationship that needs to be both ways. So really doing that with yourself, then the feelings rise in safety because it knows you're listening. Then the inner voice of the soul rises because it knows you're listening. Then you get to really be with and develop that compassion and do it through the lens of the heart, as you said, with I'm coming into myself with an open heart to hear, to be, to see, to feel. And I, I think it's absolutely essential. Yeah. <clears throat> imagine, <clears throat> sorry, imagine you want to have a relationship with anybody and you go in with it with your headphone on listening to something else, right? Now we right. do that, right? I mean, 
It's the same thing as I said, relationships are the same thing. If I cannot have a deep connected relationship with myself, I don't know if I can have that with somebody else, right? No. So, and we do often do that, right? We get into the relationship and our attention is on ourselves. What are we going to say next? How, like, it's all there. And then we wonder why we don't create that because we do that with, our, with ourselves as well, right? We're not willing to, as you mentioned, just be with ourselves in silence, listening, really re- listening without judgment, just being with ourselves and then exploring who am I, <laughs> right? How do I really feel? What do I want? And there are many ways we avoid that. Um, by just our habit, I know like for myself, when I think back, I wouldn't allow myself to do nothing, to just sit. I constantly, and I know underneath of that, but unease that I felt if all of a sudden I'm alone with myself. And I, right, I right away think, Oh, I got to go do the the dishes. I'm going to go do shopping. Like I constantly wanted to be busy. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that we actually avoid feeling and avoid that deep connection that only comes. It's the same thing if very first time, if you go on a date, right? The uncomfortable feeling that you sit with because you don't know that person. If you allow it to be there, and get comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling of getting to know someone that you have no clue who that person is, right? And then you allow that and be with it and let it be. Then you can start creating the first move and the first connection. Let me get to know that person. It's the same thing that is going to be expected for a very first time if you want to sit with yourself. As you mentioned, I do also highly recommend just do it without listening to something or even... I'm I'm not a big fan of repeating um, mantras either because your focus is on something else, right? Sit with your breath if you need to just get into it. As you mentioned, connect with your body. I know you're expert in embodiment practices. But allow yourself to get uncomfortable and be okay with it. You know, it might not be fun first time, couple of times that you do it, right? Because you're going to notice all this thing arising within you, maybe even for a first time. Things that for a moment you felt the unease and you got yourself busy not to feel. Now you got to allow yourself to sit with it. But it gets easier for sure, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that because we're so conditioned to do, 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 do all the time, I think what happens is, A, we never make time for ourselves because there's always something to do. Always. We can always find a million things to do. I think I told you that I know several women in their 70s who don't have a job, don't have a husband, don't have any kids and they never have time for themselves because they continue to make themselves busy. So it's very common Mm -hmm. no matter what age we are. And also I think that when we start hearing things, we're conditioned to go, well, what do I do about it? Mm -hmm. Or how do I fix that? Or what do I need to say? What do I need to do? What do I need to act on? Instead of just 
me just listen. Not fix, not change, not make better. Mm-hmm. Let me just be. Let me be curious. Let me be open. Let me let the experience live in me and breathe. Breathe. Breath moves energy in the body like nothing else. Breath and sound. Mm-hmm. Breath, just literally breathing into the discomfort of being with yourself. Just keep breathing. Breathing into the fear that comes up. Breathing into whatever emotions arise. Breathing. Our breath is our life force. Breathing into it. Being with it. Not running away. Not trying to fix it. Not trying to get comfortable. No. Breathe into, as you said, the discomfort. Breathe into what's arising because you can just witness it. And I think that's what I just want to tag on for people, particularly those just beginning to develop a relationship with themselves. We have to develop the capacity to observe ourselves. And that's where mantra can be good at the beginning stages. I started with mantra back in 2008 when I started to meditate. I started with mantra because it was my first time, oh, there's something I can bring my mind to when it wanders. And that was a good way for me to begin. And then I started to notice, but I want the silence in between. I want the space. So mantra can be really good and guided meditations can be good at the beginning if when you sit down your mind is just a crazy monkey mind and you don't have the capacity yet because you have to build the capacity over time to master the mind to let a thought come in and then not let it take over that takes time to build that muscle so to speak And so mantra or guided meditations can help getting into that to create more space between the noise so that the monkey mind is not so intense and just jumping all around and making lots of noise the entire time, which is why I think people get really frustrated with meditation easily is because they get like, well, this isn't relaxing and I don't hear anything, but you have to go to that stage. You've got to go to the stage of starting to witness every thought come in, starting to bring it back to a mantra or to your breath or to a sound to start to bring it back, start to bring it back. And then eventually there's more space. Eventually there's more silence. The mind will always be, you know, most of the time the mind's going to be there, but there's a lot more space in between over time. And the breath can be a really good thing to just keep coming back to as well. Cause usually when we're in the mind, we're not focusing on that And so just as a note for people that are beginning, we've got to develop that conscious awareness and let the silence bring us deeper and deeper in. Yeah. Be patient with yourself. That's the message, I think, because anything we want to learn at the beginning, think about when you start driving, right? How frustrating it was to remember and do things. And, you know, so, but now you just, is as easy as you don't have to really focus that much. So meditation also, as you said, you build in the muscle because it's very brand new for most of us, right? We we haven't learned to sit with ourselves, to listen, to be. And, you know, I've even had people say, what do you mean to be with myself? Like the, that concept is foreign and I understand that, right? But it's just, it's okay. Just one step at a time, give yourself that opportunity that maybe just five minutes to start with that, right? 
and then it gets uncomfortable and you know sit with it for five minutes then next day 15 minutes you know, mm-hmm. and just explore you know just be curious and get to know yourself the way I see it right just getting to know myself and as you mentioned early on you will know you're so vast and you have no clue on the wholeness of you what you're capable of what your potential are and these are all for us to discover but we have to allow ourselves to sit with the uncomfortable first to be able to have all this thing come up as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's totally, is a practice. Um, for me also, when I started yoga, and my, yoga started my journey and then through yoga meditation um, and other practices. But I think it doesn't matter there are, Anything that you feel like it makes sense in to your your life could create that connection. You can just go for a walk with yourself, right? And without earphones, yeah, without (laughs) earphones, exactly. And even use the sound that you hear in nature instead of your breath, right? If you need to practice to first to get to that place of connection. Nature is a great place to do that, I think, right? And so there is no, what I'm trying to say, one way that suits everybody. That's what I know. Some people do enjoy yoga, some people don't. Some people can uh, take a lot from different way of meditation, but uh, and you don't even have to do that. Journal with yourself. Serve with yourself. And the, anything that it connects you with you, you're the expert. And, you know, try it and experience with it and see for yourself. But the only thing is give it enough time to see the benefit. Sometimes we give up too fast, right? Well, I can't meditate. I said twice and I just can't do it, right? Maybe we need to give ourselves more time. Be patient with yeah. ourselves, right? And and be devoted because there's a desire to connect mm-hmm. for a reason and it's mm-hmm. the soul's desire. And that devotion gets us through the discomfort. And I've actually been in the middle of developing a 22-day activation to connect to the voice of your womb so that people have a really guided container into how do I connect? How do I listen? How do I hear? How do I process through things that come up? How do I go deeper? What do I do? How do I get into my body? And it's been so much fun (laughs) recording it. But that's also another resource for people who want someone to help them guide into how do I get in my body? How do I start connecting with my feelings? How do I hear myself? It's a 22-day activation. It's only $222. So that's up on the website now. I just had to put a little plug because it's like a really ideal way to start getting into some of the deeper energy centers of the body and connect to the voice. Yeah, and we'll put a link to it uh, underneath of our show, either in YouTube or anywhere else we post it so they can access that. Yeah. Yeah, so you want to wrap up the conversation? Yeah, there's so much more we could dig into, but let's save those for future episodes. We could take it even deeper. So, yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, the only takeaway I have, and then I 
you can have your takeaway and you know is that if you want to have a deeper connection with your soulmate if you want to call it a soulmate anybody else that is starts with you having that connection with your and that's yeah. something that we all need to learn how to do better yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more and Let's see, my summary takeaway from today and the relationship with yourself is just spend time with yourself. Like you said, walking, just being, sitting on the floor, meditating, making sound, just be with yourself in silence and whatever way that is for you, getting on a bike, whatever way that is for you, just be, give yourself silence and just be open to whatever arises and start to develop that relationship with yourself, with your heart wide open. Thank you, Jessica. Thank it's you. Fun. So much fun. Until the Bye. next episode. Bye. <laughs>